Welcome to the show. This is the All the Hats We Wear podcast, episode 69. I'm your host, Scott Snow. I'm a life coach and productivity expert. And this podcast is your support group for all things related to living your purpose. I believe the secret to a joyful, productive, and fulfilling life is to identify the 15 to 20 roles we play, all the hats we wear, and then turn them into masterpieces. Like a composer would take all of the movements in his or her piece and create a masterpiece. Or a chef would have all the greatest ingredients and make a masterpiece dish or meal. And these ingredients, of course, are the roles that we identify with. Well, today we're going to talk about Creep Show. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, but it's it's one of my favorites. It's fun. It's a horror movie that uh, really kind of looks like a comic book when you watch the movie. So I'll have five great lessons that we learned from that movie about productivity and living your life purpose, believe it or not. <laughs> we do things a little differently on this podcast. We like to be creative, or I like to be creative. And uh, kind of stretch things out a little bit. So stay tuned for the end of the episode when we'll talk about Creep Show and all the lessons we can learn about the life purpose and productivity. First, I have a couple uh, inspirational stories to share with you. I like to stay up with the news and share that with you. Oh, there is big news here. With, as you can see in my office, I set up the drum set right in my office because I really wanted to have that creativity right next to me. And I've been doing some drumming in some of my posts for other social media, and it's fun. It gives you a little spark of creativity. And I think this is part of, you know, I'm 69 episodes into this podcast, but I'm still learning to share my unique gifts and my personality with you. So it's been quite a journey. So the first story I want to share with you is about James Hetfield. He's the guitarist and singer from Metallica. And uh, I don't know if you're a Metallica fan, but I'm a huge Metallica fan from way back. I saw them in high school at their uh, Master of Puppets tour with Ozzy Osbourne. So I was watching some YouTube videos with um, James Hetfield interviews. He was talking about his struggles with substance abuse and he said some really profound things, and I really um, got a lot out of it. He was talking about how in addiction, you really need to identify and embrace all those parts of your personality that you don't really want to, that they're there, but they're not going anywhere. And you have to just kind of make peace with them. So, and I thought that was so, so true. You know, even with our roles, we can have some future roles that we're working towards and also roles that capture parts of our personality. Like I have a role of the Joker. Um, that's because I like to root for the villain. Uh, I love Mel Brooks humor, intense movies. I love being an adult. So I like uh, adult humor. So that's part of my personality. So I embrace it and I make room for it. So what is some, what's a role in your personality that, you know, maybe you might not advertise, but it's part of you and you've got to um, be in touch with it and have it play a role in your life that's positive or you need to control it. 
like with the example with James Hetfield. I'm often reminded of the, the massive uh, respect I have for addicts and recovering addicts and just the um, torturous journey that they have to go through and how difficult it is once you have that addiction to break it and into just every day, you know, treat that new day as a clean slate so hard. I can barely, you know, keep myself from having a bagel sandwich at Dunkin' Donuts every day. I can only have it like three days a week. <laughs> and that nearly kills me. So I can't imagine being addicted to a hardcore drug or alcohol. I always think of the Navy SEAL trainings when I think of, you know, this willpower and just being able to go through extremes and being tough. I, I took a jujitsu class for a while. Oh, I was ready to totally quit. I would have rang that bell after 20 pushups. There's no way I could have lasted. There was another YouTube video I saw with uh, Jocko Willick, and that guy's badass. He's a Navy SEAL guy, and he has a lot of books out. And they were had they had some guy who challenged him for grappling. Bad mistake, because Jocko is a black belt in jujitsu. Anyways, you know, 280 pounds and solid muscle, and works out five days, five hours a day or whatever. And they said, well, what do you think of this guy? You know, he's going to be wrestling you in a couple minutes he's coming in what advice do you have for him and Jocko just looked in the camera and says brace for impact <laughs> story two a little bit about to-do lists you could instead of having a to-do list try having a ta-da list and that's instead of a, uh, a list of things you got to do this is a list of things you did do you achieved Another idea is to try a stop doing list. This idea I got from Jim Collins, who did uh, Good to Great and Built to Last. And sometimes it's more important to stop things that you're doing than what you're going to do. I've been taking this approach also with, uh, you know, for the last like five years, I've been focused a lot on just goals and what I want. But I've started to wise up to identify obstacles that are in the way. Sometimes this is a little quicker than just working towards what you want to do. Find what's in the way. As Tony Robbins says, you know, you can't ignore those weeds in your garden. You got to just suck it up, yank them out, and go on with it. You can't just cry about how the weeds are there. Find out what obstacles are preventing you from achieving your goals, habits, mission, your purpose, your projects. And sometimes it can be very simple, like with meditation, I did a little brainstorming where I was saying, well, what's preventing me from doing a morning meditation? In uh, transcendental meditation, you're supposed to do one first in the morning and also one at the end of the day. And I do great with doing the afternoon one, but not the morning. So I said, well, what's preventing me? And then... As I started to brainstorm, I, I realized that all my ideas were, were silly. You know, I, I don't want to look silly to other people. You know, I'm 50 years old. I, I think I could get beyond that. So once you identify them, you can overcome them. Story number three. This was a word that I found. I think it was in a meme. Flossom, a new word, an adjective. That's when someone embraces their flaws. 
And that's a great idea too. And this, of course, reminds me of the strengths finder, which I love. And they say it's better to develop your strengths than to focus all your time on fixing your weaknesses. You know, Tiger Woods is awesome at the short game, you know, the best of anyone. So, of course, he would, you know, take some shots and dedicate some part of his practice to the short for the for the long game. I mean, the drive. But he's never going to, you know, do what some of the other guys are going to do with that. So he has to focus on really doubling and tripling down on his real strength. Marcus Cunningham also talks about this where he was, he gave an example where he said he was good in math and everyone said, you know, you should go to college for math, major in math. So he did. And it was going fine. He did fine, did great, had great grades. And then he realized at the final that, you know, there's 200 people in the auditorium, whatever, doing all their testing. And he said he found out the people that were wired for math. And those are the folks that came in and, you know, did their exam in half hour and then just left and aced it. And everyone else is there for another three hours struggling with it. His point was you can't compete with someone like that who's wired for what they do. You just can't catch up. Another th- point that they made in that book was that your, when you're doing your strength activity, you're actually making, you're naturally making hundreds of micro decisions all the time. If you excel at sales, then the way you use your voice, the pacing, the reading, you know, the, the um, prospect all comes super fast. So that's one reason why you just um, excel. Story number four, take advantage of tactile cues. I love the movie, The Shining. And for some reason, whenever, like, uh, if I'm in the hot tub or I, I do this where you just put your hands down and you just rub in your eyes. And whenever I do that, it reminds me, it makes me in the mood to watch The Shining because there's a scene where Jack Nicholson does that at the bar. He's just all frustrated and it just somehow it just connects me to that movie. So these tactile cues are very powerful and you can use them for increasing productivity. Another example is that I use um, styrofoam cups for coffee instead of like a mug. Because I like the feeling of it. I like the texture of it and you can feel the warmth of the coffee. I like that. It helps me work. I listen to Pink Floyd, the animals soundtrack a lot lately. Fresh air, a fan. A mister or a humidifier could help. A candle, fresh apple pie might inspire you and help you be creative. Get in a hot tub. The feeling of bare feet on carpet. Anything that works for you to get you working, use it. Story number five. This is a guy who's in jail, Alexei Navalny in Russia. And he's leading, he's the Russian opposition leader. He's against um, Putin. And the main point here is that this guy is prepared to lose everything. And that makes him different. He's methodical and uncompromising. And he says that Putin and his folks, they can't handle all this madness. He's totally out of his depth. We are continuing to hit them where it hurts. So once you do get to that point where you have nothing to lose, there is a sense of... uh, real empowerment. 
I think of special forces tactics too, because you read about how they, they'll be in a small team, they're extremely powerful, and they just overwhelm with their force, even though it's a small team. In the UFC, I remember hearing that um, Chael Sonnen, a former fighter, and now he's an announcer, he talks about fighters that know how to weaponize pace. They just keep coming at you, and that becomes their weapon. You can also apply this to um, your brainstorming sessions, flooding, and just keep at it until ideas squirt out the sides. So instead of saying, you know, I'm going to come up with 10 ideas, say you're going to come up with 50 or 60. Now you're really cooking. The other um, UFC fighter, Israel Adesanya, was on uh, the Joe Rogan podcast, Joe Rogan Experience. And that fighter says in, in that last tough round that he was talking about with a fighter, he, he said to the, his opponent, I'm ready to die right now. So he's saying his opponent will have to also. You're going to have to give up something to beat me today right now because I'm ready. I'm prepared to die. That's a different level. As a, uh, a less intense example, I used to work with uh, adults with disabilities. And there was a guy who I really enjoyed, uh, Francisco. And he was a really fun guy, sweetheart of a guy. He had Down syndrome and he was a real personality. So we were, we were helping him work. Um, I think it was a food, food share. So he was helping. And usually the director would give everybody, you know, a snack after in the middle of the work session. And, uh, the lady gave, you know, Francisco a uh, snack and was kind of well, waiting for him to say thank you. And and he said it very quietly, you know, thank you. And the, the leader says, oh, I, I didn't hear you. Uh, th thank you. A little bit louder. And then, oh, I still can't hear you. And the guy immediately goes, ah, come on. <laughs> so at that point, he really had nothing to lose. He was done with being nice. Story number six, the great Leon Spinks. We lost him, the great boxer. He beat uh, Muhammad Ali for the heavyweight championship in 1978. Pretty amazing. And he was really, it came from very poor um, setting, a poor setting in childhood. So he beat Ali. And then afterwards, you know, they were saying, well, you know, I guess you're the next person. And uh, Spinks was nice. He said, Ali's the greatest. I'm just the latest. <laughs> and I guess he spent most of his winnings on in a single day. He bought two Cadillacs, a Lincoln Continental, two houses, and a lot of expensive jewelry. <laughs> he was a really colorful, crazy guy. He once got robbed of his $44,000 mink coat and his false teeth. So we lost good old Leon. Story seven Consider planning for the weekend more intensely. Like we always think Sunday night, you got to get ready for the work week. But I say what I've been doing is taking a close look at the weekend. Now, of course, you want to have fun. You want to be with your family and your friends. And in the moment, not saying any of that should go away. But you can also consider, you know, do we have the gaps in the weekend? You know, I always hear radio announcers DJs that, you know, oh, you're just working for the weekend, you know, like, oh, Friday's coming up, you know, and, and I never understood that. 
it seems like such a drag. Like if that's what you're doing is just waiting for that Friday night when you can really have fun. As Gary V says, if you're completely focused on the weekend, your shit's broken. And, and I agree with that. Carry over your purpose, your habits, your routines, your project management work into the weekend. Of course, you rest too and you're in the moment. I'm not saying take any of that away. You know, plan you're going to have bacon and waffles on, on the Sunday morning. That's a nice routine. Find the cracks in the weekend. Once we vacationed with another family and I read four books that week. And all that time waiting for people to get ready and waiting for people to decide what we're going to do. I just had my book there. Story number eight. Tiger Woods gave some advice I thought was really good. They asked him, what does he think about when he's putting or when he's taking a shot? He says that he actually looks at the outlay of the shot and then he takes a picture in his mind of the shot. Then he gets ready, prepared and addresses the ball. He takes another picture mentally. Then he plays to the picture, not to what he's, what's in front of him, to that picture that he's already done. I think that's so profound. So make it simple if you want to execute at your best. All right, let's get to Creep Show. I love taking a movie and seeing what lessons I can connect. It makes it kind of fun. So Creepshow has five different stories in it. And the first one is called Happy Father's Day. This one makes me think of big goals because this guy, he, he, he died, the father, but he wanted to come back so much for his birthday cake. He didn't get his Father's Day cake. And that was his whole mission. So he actually comes back from the dead to get his Father's Day. So I say the two types of big goals are the visionary goal. And that's really something you can't quantify, but it's very inspirational. So that's why I like to have it as one of the goal types. There are four types of goals. An example might be, I'm a world-class problem solver, or I'm a visionary. So these are great goals to have. And another one is the sky's the limit goal. That might be like Steve Jobs saying, I want to ding the universe. Or JFK's, you know, I'm, we're going to bring someone to the moon and safely back within a certain amount of time. Episode two starred Stephen King, The Lonesome Death of Jordy Verrill. This is about a guy who, uh, he's a lonesome farmer, you know, poor, and not doesn't seem too uh, educated, simple guy. And uh, he turns into a plant. So I think of this as being the simple things, you know, create moments that you can look forward to each day. If you want to be happy, make the rules simple. This guy liked his overalls and he liked to be a simple farmer. He liked watching the WWF wrestling and he had his ripple <laughs> bottle of ripple there. I still don't know what ripple is, but so examples might be reading the paper with your iced coffee or with an oatmeal and cinnamon toast, having a routine of watching a bad movie when your work is done as a reward at the end of the night, like I do. Maybe listening to 80s music during a shower and Sirius satellite radio, of course. Take 15 minutes to type a few paragraphs for your journal each night. So what are some of your simple pleasures? Now, 
segment three of that movie was called Something to Tide You Over. And this one is with uh, Leslie Nielsen and Ted Danson, a, a love triangle type of uh, crime. And this, I got the idea that Leslie Nielsen was the bad guy. And he says, he um, he's sane and everything except for when something is taken away from him, then he's not sane at all. So the lesson here is guard your time carefully. One exercise to do is time all of your actions in a typical day. See how everything, how long everything is taking you. Find the cracks in the day. Chip away at those actions while waiting. Most humans are extremely inefficient with their time. And you can get a lot done if you stay focused and you have a vision and written goals. Now, segment number four of that movie was called The Crate. And that, of course, is a some hidden crate that's in the basement of a college and it's all chained up and there's a monster in there. So what's inside of you that's hidden that needs to come out? What part of you is chained up like that thing in the crate? You know, one for me is this idea. I always have this idea of starting a soup kitchen type of cafeteria style restaurant chain, like a nonprofit restaurant chain. And just have a couple entrees, a couple soups, and just simple. Almost like, you know, my area hospital, I go there to eat once in a while. And it's so inexpensive. It's like $3.40 to get a full breakfast. I think that would be so great. Or maybe have it like potluck style where people bring or have a guest chef. And just make it more simple. It seems to me that maybe this is just um, the focus of nonprofit in general. But, you know, comparing capitalism and nonprofit businesses. It's almost like um, with with what I'm doing with time management, I want to be paid fully because um, that's my thing and I'm putting all this time into it and you expect to get your what you deserve, what you earn. But then there's other things that you just think are the right thing to do and you don't care about that profit. So I don't know. I don't know what Kevin O'Leary, O'Leary Mr. Wonderful from the Shark Tank would, would say about that. I think he would say whatever business he wants a profit. But it's almost like that disconnecting from your take on it could be liberating. I don't know. That's something that I've got chained up that I'm trying to think about. So other examples might be uh, journaling. You could do um, quality questions, list questions, brainstorm questions, get a mentor. So what's inside you that needs to be unchained? Now, segment number five of Creep Show is called They're Creeping Up on You. And this is about a, a real jerk of a business tycoon that's awful to his employees. And he's a miserable person, very, very rich. And he's got this little airtight apartment, you know, high above the cityscape in New York or whatever. And he hates germs, total germaphobe. And of course, he gets overrun by cockroaches and bugs. <laughs> so the lesson here is that you can't close off the world. You've got to be open to a lot of different inspirations. And he was very, very closed off. And he, et, he met a very bad fate. Example of uh, things that I'm inspired by just in the last couple of weeks, a wide range of different things and articles, a restaurant tour that I found inspiring. Chikoria, who we just lost as an inspiration. There was a story about a cartoonist that had a lot of great ideas. NFL coach who took a very specific way to 
plan all his games. That was an inspiration. Brianna and her business dealings with Louis Vuitton. I also like Gwyneth Paltrow and her company, Goop, a physicist who had a lot of great ideas, an architect, the founder of Friendlies, who was 106 when he passed away, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, outspoken and rebellious priest that I read about, a woman who had a vintage trench coat made of giant swamp rats. You know, so there's so many ways you can draw inspiration. There was an MIT student who's studying how to repair nerve endings for amputees by connecting nerves to the patient's skin. So what are some of the inspirations that you have that aren't related to your profession? Those can be the most powerful. Well, we covered a lot here today. I'd like to end with a little quote from the great wise master, the Hulkster, Hulk Hogan. And he said, you're in the zone when your giving and receiving are in balance. Love this quote. You're in the zone when your giving and receiving are in balance. I really love that quote. It makes a lot of sense too. You've got to give and you got to receive. So if you want some more information on what I do, check out the website, allthehatswewear.com. I hope you subscribe. I also have a TikTok and YouTube, Instagram, having fun with all that, Twitter. So check out the website and you can uh, friend me. You can follow me and uh, say hi. Also, if you'd like to have a uh, free consultation to review some of your goals and uh, obstacles, keeping you from what you want to achieve in your life purpose, contact me now. My cell phone number is 774-230-3928 or my email on the website. Talk to you again. Take care.